Greetings, everyone. We are here at the Lucius Trust headquarters in Manhattan, where we are very happy to be holding in-person meetings. And we're very happy to welcome those of you who join us on Zoom. So here we are at the new moon of Aquarius. This is the time to begin to anchor the coming energy of this well-loved sign. Aquarius is about pouring forth, pouring forth the best we have to offer in order to transform the human environment. It has been said that in the long run, nothing will withstand the potent energies pouring through this constellation. Nothing. The dynamic mixing of love wisdom, harmony through conflict, and order and organization give us all we need to anchor change in the consciousness of the human race as a whole. And that noble whole is what it's all about. So let's just take a minute to settle in with a greater group and sound the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all men love. So tonight, we will start with this premise, the premise that humanity as a whole is of far greater importance than any one nation. For the most part, I'd say we're aware of this truth, and it informs our approach to meditation, as well as our interactions with others. 
this truth could even be looked on as the desired endpoint of a more detailed journey, a journey which forms an active plan for unity. What is the basis for this spiritual plan for peace? The Tibetan has a bit to say about this, and he calls the establishing of right human relations a practical project, because from the outset, these right relations must concern one's immediate family, business, social contacts, and community. These are, he says, the first steps toward unity. Then as we work to establish right relations on a practical level, we can't help but recognize that there is but one life permeating us all, period. And as we continue, we come to a place of realization that separateness and nationalism work against the good. Separateness is noted to be the one true evil. As we move deeper into this anatomy of unity, we are told an amazing thing. There are in this world now, and working in every nation, those who see no separateness, recognize only unity, and love their fellow men. They belong to every racial group, to every nation, to every community, to all world religions, and to all political, economic, and social creeds. It seems that this invisible group is united consciously or unconsciously together in service to the ideal of a united humanity. This group is, in some circles, referred to as the new group of world servers. This is a group with the ability to work as a unit simply because their ideals and personalities are merged into one great forward swing of service and their rhythm of work, that of the spreading of goodwill, is in sync one with the other. This group is made of men and women spread all about the globe. They don't need to attend meetings face to face to recognize each other, for it is their actions in the world which speak to their mutual affiliation. Still, we wonder about specifics. What is the specific plan for unity? We wonder. We are provided with a specific answer that goes like this. To achieve unity throughout the world, there must be an organizing in every land of the men and women of goodwill and their coming together to reach the public. This group will not be a silent group, but a vocal group whose demands for world unity and right human relations are so loud that churches and educators will be forced to notice. So this specifically is our trajectory now and into the future. 
These women and men of goodwill are typically not those who hold positions of leadership in governments. These are everyday men and women of vision and forward motion who likely have identified with the need for peaceful coexistence. These will be organizing their communities and drawing a straight line between their communities and the next and the next until the concept of national border has been erased and all that exists is the one group made of the millions of souls united in intent. It is not simple kindness we are talking about. It is a sea change in the way we perceive the pieces of the world. It is demanding that resources are shared freely, no matter the race or country, so that none starve. It is to guide the youth into the kind of education that promotes oneness of heart and mind, so they can uncover a human being's deeper possibilities. It is standing as a global group of millions, demanding that the good of all people is reflected in the core intent of every nation's every day. So this is clear direction we are given. And along with this direction, we're told an amazing thing. We are told that there are now enough people in every land to put into motion that forward swing of regeneration. There are now enough. All that is needed at this point is for enough of these men and women of goodwill to organize and take adequate action. The Tibetan anticipates our doubt. And he writes, this is no idle and visionary dream. It is already happening. It seems we have reached a point where throughout the world in sizable pockets, people understand that God hath made of one blood all the people upon the earth. In these places, racial distinctions and nationalities are recognized not as identities to pit against another, but as enriching the whole and contributing to the overall significance of the race. Our differences will not be discarded, but will be preserved and cultured with the knowledge that the many aspects of human unfoldment and differentiation produce what the Tibetan calls one noble whole, and that all the parts of this whole will be interdependent. The whole of mankind will be recognized as the essential unit and as being of greater significance than the part. It is already happening. This future hovers like a bird just above us. More often recently, the bird lands, and in that place, tolerance and farsight is born. But it is up to the people of goodwill to fan this ideal into a consuming fire 
which will overtake all lands and all crumbling paradigms of selfish relations to right the course of humanity's journey. We cannot pray this world into existence or use passive wishful thinking. We are told that the mystics and men of vision have to come down from the world of dreams, of theories, and of words into the hard arena of daily living. There are places on our earth which give safe harbor to this hovering bird, which is always searching for a place to land. A place such as the United Nations, whose intent is one of purposeful listening. It stands as a sentinel, offering the visionaries and mystics a place to present real, enlightened paradigms of living to the global race. The United Nations, while safe haven for representatives from every nation, is also seeking to attain to its greater demonstration of grace, which might be to instill the higher concept of oneness into the minds of those who walk and speak there. When this concept is embraced, these visionaries and representatives of the higher human concepts will not be identified by boundary, race, or religion. They will be identified by their affiliation with the great sweep of forward motion, which is looking to clear the darkness of intolerance and selfishness away from the human portrait. In all lands where the new ideals are sprouting up, they will be known to be citizens of one planet, striving to move humanity past the old to anchor the new. They are true servers of this world. They are we. In the millions, we are the servers, the pioneers, the new race, drawing the vision down and placing on earth the pattern of things as they should be. All that is left to do, now that humankind has taken its long, long journey of evolution, to arrive at just this point on the map, is to continue to merge this perception of unity with the hard arena of daily and public life. This is possible. This is already happening. We are told there are enough of us. We are told that we are enough. So now let's move into our meditation, strengthening the hands of the new group of world servers. Group fusion.
I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world servers. Mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center, to the Christ, the heart of love within the hierarchy, towards Shambhala, where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the group of world servers mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to hierarchical impression and meditating the plan into existence.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought through the impression and expression of certain great ideas Humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers.
precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet, from Shambhala, through the planetary heart, the hierarchy, through the Christ, the group of world servers, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and finally through the hearts and minds of the whole human family.
lower interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of world servers, so building the thought form of solution to world problems.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light and love and power. We'll use the adapted version. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. So thank you, my friends. We're going to open, open things up for discussion with those here in the office, as well as those of you online. Thank you, Jen. I'd just like to add those of you who are online, if you'd like to share, 
Uh, you can do so by going to your Zoom toolbar, going to Reactions, and then um, clicking on Raise Hand there. We'll unmute you to speak. So um, there are a few questions here. Okay. Um, so um, let's start with this. Discuss the ability to dream and envision as it relates to the achieving of very concrete and tangible goals for humanity and the planet. Energy follows thought. Is a hand up if you'd like to go Julia All right, Julia Alves, I'm going to unmute you just one second. Thank you. It's the first time I'm participating in the New Moon meditation. Um, I just finished the book of philosophy of freedom from Rudolf Steiner and a thought that I think it's valid here is that just in the realm of thought is that the world of concepts and percepts are united into a whole percepts being kind of like coming from like this matter and senses and concepts coming from the realm of mind and it's the activity of thought that makes concepts into percepts and percepts into concepts. So it's kind of, there is no way we can make any idea concrete and put energy in changing what we perceive in this world is not, if not through thought and this is how I perceive this energy follows thought now that only by attaching the concept to a percept that this can come to fruition. Um, yes, this is my contribution. Can you see? Good. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, the The whole concept of thought is <laughs> uh, we we could say so much about it. Thought is exists in a realm outside of the physical. If we think about it, thought is not physical. Thought is something completely different, and um, the fact that it takes thought to produce a physical thing first the thought first the energy then the thing follows. Um, it's an amazing law of this universe that thought 
is the bedrock of all things that we create. So yeah, Michael. Thank you, Jen. It was a, it was an excellent talk. And I think I'm just sort of still taking it all in and the meditation as well was, was really lovely. So thank you so much. Um, all I just wanted to add sort of to, to Julia's comment was that the, uh, you know, in the ageless wisdom tradition of Alice Bailey in the Tibetan, the mind is a, um, known as a bridging agent. So it's a bridge, um, you know, there's, there's thought and there's thinking and there's the mechanisms of thought and that whole process. Um, but that's not really what we call quote unquote, the self, you know, the self is the, the thinker, the creator, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but this idea about, you know, dreaming and envisioning in creation, um, you know, I'm reminded also that the, the mind is just the whole process of mind and thinking is an effort to bridge between what's already there, like what already exists on the, we call like the higher levels of the mental plane or those, those great spiritual ideas that are even just above the entire capacity of human thought, you know, that these, these sort of, these things we want to bring into manifestation already exist on some level. And the whole effort of what we call the new group of world servers, or what we call like even people who just seek to serve or seek to do good in the world, people of goodwill, is to bring into some sort of objective expression this sort of higher thing, what we call an idea, a spiritual idea, or some sort of archetypal thing or or spiritual principle. Sometimes we call it that as well, right? Human relations, for example, may be one of them uh, in a sense. And so, yeah, just this, um, yeah, dreaming and envisioning is, is, uh, is one thing, but as you say, energy follows thought and we need tangible goals for humanity and the planet. You know, there's the process is about bringing about what's already there. So thank you. Thank you, Jen. That was um, really nice to experience that. I have a uh, Aquarius moon in my chart. So anytime Aquarius comes around, it's a you know, very powerful meditation for me. Um, it's interesting, you know, it's just having a conversation here in the office with co the co some of the co-workers because we're thinking about this year's uh, keynote for the uh, conference. And um, What's the wording exactly? Let the, let, the group let the group affirm the will as an aspect, as an aspect of the law of sacrifice expression. or the expression, right? And I was really sort of delving into that today. And it was interesting because my meditations have been very much on, interestingly, what you could call the noble whole, because I really have a very strong sense of the soul bearing down as that unified field, that, that one life and that one heart that's trying to manifest through all these little parts and pieces that make up the world, you know. And um, what's interesting when I was reading more about 
the law of sacrifice was that it's a subset or sub-law of the law of repulse, which is a subset of the law of love. And will is an expression of the law of sacrifice. So there's like this link going all the way from the spiritual triad through the law of repulse to the law of sacrifice, to will, to the will to good. And when you think about it, people don't often think that it's a loving thing to sacrifice oneself, but often it's what we give up, what we take away, what we remove that makes things more whole, makes things healed, makes our lives more serving. So um, as disciples, as members of the new group of world servers trying to manifest this noble whole, I think we're being asked at, at what we can release that's not serving a larger purpose. What can we let go of the, the lesser for the greater and find a way to give more of ourselves, find more time to do things, things that we don't think we have. It's really a matter of what we can release, what we can let go of and allow that, that um, opportunity to be more utilized. So that's what's been on my mind about that today. Thank you. There's a hand raised, you wanna to go to the hand? Sure. <clears throat> All right, Catherine Cruz, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you to unmute. Uh, thank you, thank you, Michael. Um, I was thinking about the importance of meditation um, in, in the um, law that energy follows thought, because it, it is in sitting in meditation that we learn by the hard way, but it is the way we learn to manage our thoughts and, and, and hold our mind steady. And so if we want to participate powerfully in creation, in creating the thoughts that um, that in, we want where we want our energy to go, then we need to be able to hold our mind steady. So you can't separate out what we're talking about here with what we learn um, when we sit in meditation and learn to hold our mind steady. So um, then I um, wanted to read something from Bethlehem, from the book, Bethlehem to Calvary. And it is, love is the beginning and love the end. And in love, we serve and work. The long journey ends thus in the glory of the renunciation of personal desire and in the dedication to living service. So I think that is um, really what I would like to share. Thank you very much. Thank you, Catherine. That's really lovely, really lovely what you shared. Um, there seems to be a running theme here, which is the, um, the power of thought uh, in meditation. Um, 
And when you add that power of thought to a group setting, then that power is magnified so many times over, which is, I think, the direction we're all attempting to go as we do our group meditations and um, work as a global community to move humanity on to its next highest level. Um, we really all are part of a group already without knowing it. It is our intention and our will to do good that places us squarely in that group. And we are made up of many, many tiny subsets of groups. But in the end, if you follow all those subsets through, you end with one amazingly large human group of people of goodwill who come from all walks of life, all ages, who may not know that their affiliation in this group brings with it great power. We have the ability now in this great group, this great global group, to impact the kinds of changes that are epic, that the Tibetan uh, encourages us, us to undertake. And really it's a matter of organizing, focusing, giving ourselves over, as you mentioned, Maya, getting rid of and opening up to um, the greater good. So this is where we're at. We are enough, we've been told. There are enough. And this was years ago we were told we are enough. So there are even more now. We are right on the verge of a fairly astounding evolutionary leap in the human experiment. When we gather together in this global group that we don't have to be in the same room with, but we, we know it by virtue of our focus. When we gather together, we can create, we will create um, the newness that the Tibetan is asking us to create, the higher concepts. So standing on the edge, perhaps it's time for us to leap. <laughs> Sure. We have a hand raised, Michael. Okay. Hi, thank you. Um, I just wanted to add just one thing as far as the discussion about thought, and that is that if you take a look at one of the points here on questions for reflection. It's what preparation is necessary in order to have our mind impressed by an idea. And I was just reading some of the of Master M stuff. And one thing really stood out. And that is that not only must there must be or must there be thought or the recognition of it. But what comes from that is that we must have the ability to have clarity of thought, because that, of course, affects manifestation. 
And one of the most key points or key elements of clarity of thought is to know and to be able to discern the difference between internal thought, that which is generated by us, and then external thought, which is that which we invoke and that which impresses upon our being. And when you have the ability to discern the two, and then the harmonious interaction that happens from impression to then thought that arises from your own being, then that gives the clarity of thought that we need in order to manifest. And I just thought that since we're talking about, of course, thought, and this is the new moon in Aquarius, it seems so important to know about those two different aspects and to work with them in a harmonious manner because it brings us further just through the fact of clarity of thought. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, couldn't agree more. <laughs> it's the, uh, the clarity of our thought that brings the clarity of the, of the in intended into being. Um, I think we'd all agree that the masters are very clear. And that when they focus on something and bringing it into being, the, um, their power of thought, their intention of thought, their clarity of thought is clearly present and clearly, um, clearly manifest. One more? Oh, actually, there is another. Yeah. Oh, that's a she can't hear me. They'll see it. Uh, can you unmute, please? No? It looks like it's not working. Okay. Sorry, Delcy. We seem to have a bad connection. Okay. The construction of the uh, just to say, Jadelsi, yeah, it won't let her talk, but she is. But she wanted to bring up the construction of the Antikarana, which is the the bridge across the entire mental plane from the lower to the higher. It's sort of what I mentioned earlier about the mind being a bridge between the mm -hmm. higher realm of spiritual ideas. Mm -hmm. But Jadelsi, feel free to type more in the chat if you want to. Of course, we can all still, at least everybody online can still see it there. Yes, a little contribution to. As a little contribution to the discussion on what preparation is necessary in order to have our mind impressed by an idea. One of the simple answers will be through meditation, through occult meditation. And meditation opens us 
to the greater whole. Through meditation, we shall be able to access this noble whole. In the rule five for disciples and initiates, it says, mentions the idea that the macrocosmic whole is all there is. Let the group perceive that whole and then no longer use the idea, my soul or thine. And as it's been said already, through meditation, we build the Antakarana and the Antakarana will open us to that whole, that noble whole. It is as if the ideas that are pouring in are always holistic, but what we bring to it is always parts and pieces, partitioned. Mm -hmm. So we are not able to perceive that whole, but through meditation, we are able to enter into that whole. It looks like at our whole training, from the Tibetan's point of view, Alice Bailey's books, is towards the first initiation of the hierarchy, the hierarchical initiation, which is the third initiation. And even though we are very far away from it, one of the major qualities of that initiation is that the students, the groups become conscious of the planetary whole. The first human initiation, the second, the birth of the Christ, the second human initiation, all leading to the third initiation, which is the first initiation of the hierarchy, allows the group to become aware of the planetary logos. And even in that advanced stage, we are told again that the planetary logos mediates towards the solar logos and opens the group to even a greater whole. The meditation is the way, perhaps the truth and the revealer of this whole. And today we have more information more than ever before, more directions, more guidance in practicing this occult meditation, which is leading humanity to the appreciation and the revelation of the noble whole. Thank you, Emmanuel. All right, I think uh, we have used our time well. And before we go, I just wanted to um, let everybody know about the upcoming meetings. The Aquarius Full Moon Meeting, Saturday, February 4th at 3. And then the Pisces New Moon Meeting, Friday, February 17th at 6. And the 2023 moon charts and meeting information are available at www.luciustrust.org slash full moon. We thank you 
very much for attending this evening. And let's just take a moment now to focus on what we can take out into the world with us from this past hour. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time.